You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Federal Premium Ammunition and their new centerfire rifle ammunition, Terminal Ascent. Now, the Terminal Ascent has a slipstream polymer tip that helps flatten trajectories and initiates low-velocity expansion at longer ranges. The Terminal Ascent gives you match-grade long-range accuracy in a bonded hunting bullet, and it comes in a variety of cartridges, including the 6.5 Creedmoor, the 280 Ackley Improved, the 28 Nosler, the 7mm Remington Mag 30-06, and the 300 Win Mag. If you want to find more information about the Terminal Ascent, visit federalpremium.com. And while you're there, check out It's Federal Season, the official podcast of Federal Ammunition. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Thomas. With me today, co-host Micah and Andy. What's up, guys? What's up, buddy? How's it going? Today's show is just going to be kind of some 2020 hopes and dreams for our whitetail season in in Missouri. So we'll just kind of have some fun talking back and forth about our different properties and what we're hoping to get done this year and um, just kind of BS a little bit with each other. Right? Quick overview. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a nice little podcast. <laughs> it's a nice little podcast. There's so yeah. much we can talk about. So, I mean, we try to try to summarize the main points of the early season where we're at now. Yeah, so it's a fun show. Like I said, we, um, we're always going to keep having fun on these shows. So, um, hope you enjoy. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. All right, welcome to the show. Got a good one today. We are finally going to talk about deer hunting, some whitetail. Um, so I got Andy and Micah with me today. What's up, guys? What's up, buddy? What's going on? 
Um, and today we thought we just might, since this is our first episode about Whitetail, we're just going to maybe talk about our hopes and dreams for this 2020 season. You know, each one of us and what we got going on and what we might do and just have some fun and screw around and talk about whitetail hunting, which is what we all really, really love, right? It's probably my number one passion. Definitely. Definitely first for me. There's some close seconds, but this is, this is number one. Right. You've always been my number one. Right. (laughs) Right. So anyway, I mean, uh, Mike, it's pretty cool what what you got going on this year. What do you got? uh... So, well, it's kind of to get started. I get, I got two new properties this year that I get to hunt. Which is awesome because last year. You didn't have anything last yes, year. Yes, last year the property that we were hunting, me and my brother, we got kicked off pretty much. Long story short, he had family that wanted to start hunting. Right. So, I mean, no hard feelings there. You know, family moves in, wants to start hunting. I can't do anything. It is what it is. It is what yep. it is. But uh, luckily, I was able to find two new properties that are pretty close to the to each other. And it's a pretty cool setup. I just need to find the time to go out there and figure it out. They both have alfalfa, and I've never hunted over alfalfa before. One of them, I know one of them, I, I walked it the other day. One of them, it's, this is the first year that it's going to have alfalfa. They planted it last fall, so it's the first year popping. So I don't think it's had many deer run through it yet. So I need to be able to get the deer there to let them figure out, hey, there's a food source but I think it's going to be, I think once they figure it out, I think it's, they're both going to be pretty good spots. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's cool to have like that new, it's almost like that, that new Christmas present, <laughs> you know, like yeah. we've all had, I mean, we've all been there where you're, it's like this new unknown could be the coolest spot. You just don't know. Right. I mean, it's a puzzle that you got to put together. It definitely absolutely yeah yeah, i mean because like i said i hunted the property before these i hunted that property for close to 10 years i think it was and i mean so we had everything figured out we knew where the deer were going i mean i mean i can tell you everything i you needed to know i mean so but now going starting fresh which i mean it's probably good to do that anyways i mean every once in a while i try to hunt public ground and Mm -hmm. to try to challenge myself to get out there and you know, do something different so you don't get stuck in a rut. And I did a little bit last year. And I mean, I've always, I, I'm pretty good about finding deer and where they move. I, I mean, sure, I go out there every once in a while, I'll get skunked. But for the most part, if you give me a piece of property, I, within three or four hunts, I think I can at least see a deer and right. then go from there. Is so, your hand hurting you at all? from patting yourself on the back? Hey, well, <laughs> hey, hey I mean, what? I'm just being honest. Uh, I'm, I am. I'm not saying I'm successful when it comes to it, but I'll at least see them. And that's, I mean, that's a success for me. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, I, so what do you, uh, what's your plans? I mean, what are you like, what are you going to do this summer to kind of get ready at at these new places? Cameras going to run a lot of cameras this year. I'm usually, like I said, uh, usually I don't run a lot of cameras this year. That's going to change because one of the properties it's, it's got, I'd say it's half alfalfa, half timber. The other one, ninety-five percent of it is all alfalfa. It's pretty much a big pasture surrounded by timber, but it butts up to a huge chunk of timber. With I mean, I'm a few hundred acres. I'm, I'm saying I don't know, and I mean, there's houses between or you know close to either property. So I'm gonna get into the big timber 
throw a bunch of cameras, throw some corn or whatever, try to get them attracted and see if I can at least start bringing them in. So find out what's there, if anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know, I know that there's. I've driven by one of the properties and I've seen does out there in the alfalfa. So I know they know about that property, but as far as the other one, I'm not sure yet. So I just got to put the time in there. And then, I mean, I always, I, I have a place up north that I go with a buddy of mine and a few other friends. It's, our buddy owns it. And, uh, I mean, we, we've been hunting that. I mean, he's owned it for a while. It was a family farm and we put work into it every year, putting in food plots, moving stands around, doing all sorts of management things to that. And so not much is going to be different going up there i mean i know the property decently i mean it's where i killed my biggest buck two years ago i think it was and uh, uh, was it two years ago i think it was yeah. two years ago gorgeous deer yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah it, it was a good one i mean and that was dude that was just a look of look of the draw on that deer honestly we had we had pictures of him or we always have pictures early season early they they stay on us but then once they, it seems like once they lose their velvet, they want to move out for whatever reason. And so we're trying to figure that out. I don't know if it's a pressure thing, whether we're going, because that's when most of us have time. Once it starts getting closer to season, that's when we can go up and do a lot of the work that we have to get done, clipping and doing whatever else we got to get do to prepare for the upcoming rifle season. What will be cool about, I think, probably for this property here at home for you is – I remember last year, like, you barely got the hunt. I hunted with my bow five times. Except when you went up north. Right. And it's because you just didn't have anywhere to go. I mean, yeah, you lost that. If I remember correctly, didn't you lose that property that you had been hunting at home for, like, 10 years with, with your brother, like, a, right, right before the season started, right? In August. Yeah. Lost it in August, yeah. I remember. It's a I crappy mean, time to, it was August. to find I mean, that we out. We were, you know, starting to, you know, get everything prepped. I mean, season starts september 15th every year so it was it was a big bummer and i mean technically i did get one of these properties that up this season it was during the middle of the season but with work it was hard for me to get out there and do the proper um scouting and just getting to know the property so like i said i think i hunted with a bow maybe five times last year it was terrible I'm, i'm usually I mean, I usually put a lot of time out there in the woods with the bow, but yeah. that's my favorite. I'd rather hunt with a bow than a gun, but just didn't get that chance. Hopefully, this year's going to be different. And well, this year's it's going to be exciting for I, I think I I love the situation you have, and all three of us have different situations, which I think is very unique, very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that new property, that figuring it out, I mean, that's half the fun for, for in my opinion. Oh I yeah, mean, I mean, obviously, I mean you, you're well-versed and knowledgeable i mean you hunt your pinch points you hunt your you know different things like that and you start figuring out and getting it fine-tuned and yeah what type of i mean what type of stands are you planning on like some movable type stands permanent stand i mean on the big timber i'm gonna i'm gonna run try to run a few different stands i'll probably have one or two ladder stands uh, and then i'll probably have you know run a climber down there i know that the the timber's really really thick yeah. Like it's a lot of undergrowth and it's hard to get through. So it's going to be really hard. So I'm definitely gonna have to go in there and do a lot of timber management to even be able to get some shooting lanes. A little trimming. Yeah. And walking <laughs> and stuff like that. So that, that's going to be a challenge. As far as the other property goes, 
I walked it the other day. Like I said, it's 90-something percent alfalfa. Mm-hmm. And I plan on – I already found the tree that I'm going to hang. Pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. going to hang the stand there. And if I – and I'm almost – I'm 95% sure where I think the deer are going to come from. So I'm going to set up. And if I find out that they're coming down the fence row somewhere else or something along those lines, then I'll move the stand then. But more than likely, I'll probably only have one stand. So like that, that one, before. since you know that the deer might be coming from a – one place mm-hmm. can you set up to where you can hunt them from both north and southerly winds the where i got it i'll be able to hunt both winds so yeah. i mean that's nice so no, you it, it works pretty out much great it, yeah. it works out good the way the property lays out and where the timber and where everything is so i mean so i mean yeah winds shouldn't be a factor on that piece sweet the other one it's going to be you know i'm going to have to figure out what works for which wind type thing are you going to supplement uh i mean your camera your camera area is obviously you're going to put in travel corridors are you going to try to supplement with some some mineral or something yeah some I'm salt? Definitely, yeah i'm definitely going to run some sort of mineral i know you guys y'all run just salt pretty much right no salt, I, we uh, do our own mixture yeah. i mean you got me into that andy but yeah. we it's pretty much what i run now is um i can't remember exactly i've got it in my notes on my phone but i and Andy, you're pretty much the it's same. It's two parts dicalcium phosphate for mm-hmm. antler. I mean, that kind of strengthens the antler, give that some growth. I'm, <clears> I'm not a biologist by any means or a nutritionist for white tail. We just like to do it. <laughs> we just like to do it, like playing with it. And it, yeah. it worked as an attractant for sure. I like, you know, I, it seems to have put on good rack size. I don't know if it's from me or just their natural genetics, but I think two parts dicalcium yep. phosphate two parts salt and a part trace mineral yep i throw a little molasses early you know mm-hmm. like right now i will with mine uh i googled it to find i mean honestly what it works and was it just like a homemade deer yeah type we thing? just mix yeah. it we i go to the mfa and buy the um the parts or the pieces and so you mix get all them in there the at mfa yeah they yeah. go okay. i mean i'm i think a lot of people do that that's a pretty common you start mixture. talking to the the local co-op or whatever about it and like oh you're making uh, deer mineral huh right i mean they know what you're doing when yeah. you start right. so giving you your list well but. i mean we i don't before i never ran any of that stuff because that other property that i lost they had cows on the property so mm-hmm. anything i would have put out cows would have got it the next right. day or that night so i never ran any type and i didn't have food plots or nothing this one i'm really excited about that because anybody that hunts and that has cows on the property they can be a huge deterrent for deer right and i mean we were lucky to get the deer that we did i mean we always saw deer but a lot of times they were on the outskirts of the property that we didn't have access to this one no cows around nothing like that i got food source right there i mean everybody knows the deer like alfalfa but this is the first time hunting over alfalfa so it's going to be new for me i will say i mean as far as like that mineral mix you can make a mass amount on a budget, in my opinion. I mean, you can get some pound. I mean, a lot of quantity uh, of that 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 mix we just talked about. Uh, before I did that, I used a lot of trophy rock granular. That's my favorite. If I'm not doing that, if I don't have access to the MFA or I'm on a you know yeah. have a time frame, I like the granular trophy rock. Um, yeah, and it just can get expensive for you. It, it, I mean, it nothing against trophy rock, but that's I lo- why we started I love doing using that. If, I, if that's if I don't have the option to make my own. I'm buying trophy rock granular. Yeah. And I, I know that at, like at the place I hunt, that's, that's what I initially did was I went out and bought a block of trophy rock. Like yep. everybody does in the, the wooden bins, wherever you go and just threw it out there. It's 10 times easier, but the reason we started doing our own mixture, and I know we're going off on a tangent, which is cool, but 
the reason we started doing our own mixture is because you look at the ingredients and it's like 90, I could be wrong, but it's like 99% salt. salt. So we're like, well, we could just go make our own where we're putting Dical in there and Trace Mineral yep. and just giving them a little bit more. You know, and it's it's easy to do. I mix it up in a five-gallon bucket before I go out to dump it and carry it out there with me. If you had to guess how much does a five buck like how much does one of your setups cost as far as five gallon buckets go? How much like how many out? buckets can you get out of it? Well, uh, when you when you go to make it, how much does that cost you and how much do you get out of it? Well, let's say I buy one bag of Dical, one bag of trace mineral, one bag of salt, and a bag of uh, molasses. It's been about a year since I've done it, but you're spending less than probably seventy five bucks. And you have 250 pounds. And I've still got three of the four wow. bags I bought last year out there of stuff in there. Right. Wow. That's a so, lot. So, I mean, you're under $100 for over 200 pounds of, of mineral site. Yeah. yeah. That's, so, that's kind of, that, I mean, that's, that's worth it. To each their own. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter. And, you know, there's a lot of people that don't do mineral. and well, That's fine. You know, well, a I lot mean, of people can't. I mean, depending right. on what county you're in, if you're up north, right. like we can't run oh, yeah, nothing up CWD, there. We yeah. can't put anything well, up there. And if you're coming from an urban area, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of guys come out of the city and go hunt and whatnot and have different things. We have we're in a rural area, have access to MFAs and co-ops to get those things. Um, some people on time crunches don't have time to mess with it. Yeah, yeah, and we're I mean we're lucky. Each of us are lucky now, you know, especially you, Micah, that right. you have a property, but. We all have a property, private, to in close hunt. proximity. To yeah, in close proximity to where we live. You know, mm-hmm. I think my my furthest one is maybe a twenty minute drive. You know, all of us, it's close to where we live. Not everybody has that same opportunity. Some guys and gals have to hunt public land only, and that's one thing I I want to do more of. But it's kind of hard when you you know you know these deer. I mean, me specifically, like, so, you know, my goals for this year are probably centered around specific deer. I thought it was about coming up with cool names to name your bucks. Okay, listen. Listen, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Like, all right, I'm just going to put it out here. I like to nickname my deer, okay? And who cares? I don't care if anybody judge me. I enjoy doing it. It's fun, right? So, Just to throw it out there for our uh, two (laughs) listeners, (laughs) what's your theme of your deer? All right, so I'm all so I like I like to nickname my deer, right? Under. I'm also not very creative, so they're all based around Mortal Kombat characters. <laughs> well, for the most part, and unsubscribe. <laughs> we just lost half. Yeah, of so like at my property that I'm hunting, there's one deer that I've. This will now be my third year with him, you know, or, um, and his name's Sub Zero, and then I've got another deer that this is also is my third year with him, and his name's Johnny Cage. And if you have ever watched Mortal Kombat, you know exactly who I'm talking about. So, um, and you had a close encounter with Johnny Cage last. Well, last yeah. Year, so Johnny Cage, the two seasons ago, I I never saw him on the hoof, but I I had a lot of pictures of him. Last year, that deer, um, I actually had my son chase with me, and I could have shot him at at ten yards, um, <clears throat> on camera with my son. It was probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever made, but I made the decision last year to pass on that deer. I, I mean, and I, I saw the pictures, and I think you made a good decision. He was a good deer. I do, too. And it, it would have been hard for anybody to pass him up, but I think you made the, you know. Yeah, right especially decision. knowing that I didn't harvest anything last year. It's it's like, well, that kind of sucks. But looking back, 
I, I told myself that's what I was going to do, so I, I stuck with stuck to the plan. And right. That's, yeah. And you know he's a he's a really cool deer. He's got good character, but last year he was probably just three and a half. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. But really, the deer, you know, if if I got to like write the script, quote unquote, I would be after that deer called Sub Zero because he. So, two seasons ago, he was he was with the buck I harvested in that year all the time. What they was that year's name? Basket Case. So he wasn't a. So he, he was not. Oh, there's holes in your story. Yeah, it's not always Mortal Kombat. If I can think of something, I'll do it. But usually, I can't. So he was with that deer, and that deer is kind of the reason we. I started the idea of doing a podcast. I was yep. I was lucky enough to be on Dan Johnson's Nine Finger Chronicles show about that deer, and so this Sub Zero deer is really related, relatable because they were always together. I never saw him that season on the hoof. Then last year, I had two different encounters with him on the hoof. Yep. Um, the the one thing I'm a little worried about with that deer is sometime in June he disappeared mm-hmm. off cameras, which was weird for him for a long period for a long period of time. So I thought he had maybe died. <clears throat> he came back on camera mid August missing almost his entire right side so Mm. it was broke off right past the g2 so everything from the g2 forward was gone um and you don't know if that was what caused because you didn't have camera pictures you know from him from since june so all of a sudden here he shows up yeah mid-august so when that happened i was a little bummed out because i was hoping to maybe get a chance at him and then i thought well should i let him walk now that he's only got half a rack pretty much, which we're not horn hunters, but you know, my whole goal now is in my hunting career is to kind of harvest mature bucks. If it's going to be a buck and even a doe, I'd like to harvest mature does. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, with him, I was like, well, maybe I should pass on him. And then I saw him twice on the hoof and it made it hard to want to pass because he was, He's still an impressive deer, oh, even sure. with half a rack. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, big one. But he made it through the season as far as I can tell. Um, I haven't put cameras out there yet, so I'm hoping to do that in the next couple weeks. I mean, yeah, they're just now starting yeah. to – I mean, just now starting to pop and start growing. So it's getting to be that time, though, where we got to start thinking about it. So describe your property a little bit. I mean, you talked about the deer that – I mean, describe kind of your environment. Mike has got alfalfa fields. Yeah. Describe kind of your terrain, I guess, or layout a little bit. So it's actually a pretty small property. Um, The property itself is, you know, like 40 acres or so, but the area that I'm hunting is really only about 15 acres or so worth of mostly timber. Uh, The property itself basically is, you know, the top half is some ag, (laughs) the bottom half is the timber. And um, I've got a little food plot in there that I planted that I've struggled with um, since I've tried just because it's in some pretty dark timber and doesn't get a whole lot of light. Uh, And I've got some mineral down in there. Uh, And the deer, it's pretty easy to know what they're doing for the most part. They travel from the west into this property um, and typically take one or two routes down to where I'm at for the most part, either out to the field um, north of me or 
to where I'm specifically sitting, which is kind of nice. But so nothing really is changing for the most part there. I'm going to do some more cameras and I, I actually, we planted you and me planted some, yep. uh, planted some stuff along the field edge this year too. That actually looks really good. What? Yeah. Uh, what'd y'all end up planting there? I don't even know what it, what did we throw out there? Yeah. I mean, it was a mixture of some stuff, um, some oats, rye, uh, I can never say this one right. Triticale? Close enough. Triticle? Triticale, I think. It's, it's a grass. Right. Okay. Um, and then we yeah. threw some uh, winter peas in there as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was That's just... different. You don't hear too many people doing peas. I, we figured we'd try it. I mean, something different. Again, that's exactly why we threw right. it out there. Yeah. Like, and from what Andy's been saying, they've been hammering that stuff. Really? Already? Yeah, because it's, it's about six inches tall or whatever. Yeah. That's awesome. And they're out there. So that's, I mean, I guess if I, like I said, if I got to say these are my hopes and dreams based on what we're talking about in this show, that would be if I could see Johnny Cage or Sub-Zero, and there's a few other bucks that I would love to see too, that would be sweet. Um, but So putting on the record right now, we're on recording, your goal <laughs> oh, great. for 2020, what is your ultimate goal? To have fun hunting. <laughs> that's a cop out yeah, no, there. Cool. no to you know last year really honestly was one of my favorite years i did not kill a deer last year yep. but it was one of my favorite years because the boys went with me more than they've ever went i saw deer all the time last year for the most part which is awesome i mean it makes for a really fun hunt killed a bunch of coyotes that i could i mean it was right you know that was good um what did you ask me again? <laughs> what, what was your goal? Or what, squirrel, squirrel. What did you want to happen? Um, I mean, if I if I got to write it this year, write your I would, script. Yeah, I would. I would have a healthy sub zero, and I'd put an arrow through him. That's what I would have happen this year. There you go. That's what I'm. I'm, and that's what I'm a little scared of. Is you know, did he get hit by a car last year to lose half that rack? When when he showed back up in August, he looked a little sick to me. He looked skinny. Um, I, I think I showed you pictures. Mm-hmm. Yep. You didn't think maybe he was, but I, I thought he looked kind of bad. Um, it was, it was during that weird stage or changing their coat, yeah. uh, you know, on their, on their fur, I guess you, fur, hair, hair, hair. Yeah. They have hair. We're not, we're not scientists. Parts, sorry. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Well, and your property is so. a little weird. Don't they leave every winter? Yeah. They, they, um, mm-hmm. Right around, right after the rut really is, which is, it's at least good that they're there for the rut for the most part. The rut is can be crazy there. Right. Right after that's over, they're just... End of November, ghosts. they seem to start dissipating. Yeah, yeah, like you can have a camera out and you won't have a deer on that camera for two and a half months after, what, no, you know, why do you when think, December hits. Why do y'all think that is? Why do you think they're leaving? Uh, He's surrounded by crop ground in that property. If I, if my uneducated guess is looking on the outside... I mean, surrounded by crop property. So in November, I mean October, November, you got you know corn finishing up and then beans coming out. Uh, so you're changing their food and their environment. I know Nate's tried real hard to give them that stable food, that food plot. Uh, but that's gonna be hard. I mean, I get. I guess I get. Yeah, yeah I get it now because I mean, you do. I mean, you get a lot of pictures of deer, and there's no way that with how big your timber is, I just don't know. So they can stay there. Yeah, the back side of like the south side of the timber is nice and thick, and I I know they bed in there. I mean, I actually, I I lied to y'all. 
two years ago, I did have an encounter with Sub-Zero. Yeah. But it was after the season was over. I was just walking through the property looking for sheds in like late January in the snow. And I got within five feet of him before I bumped him out of his bed. I didn't even know he was there. And then he he stood up and took off. And I just saw this beautiful, yeah. you know, deer. And I he's easy to tell who he is because of his G1s are both split and bladed. Um, and so it's, it's easy to tell that deer. But so I technically did see him on the hoof, but, um, so it's, I think they just, there's a lot of more thick timber west of where I'm hunting. And I think in the winter, they just, they travel that way and then stay that yeah, way. Well, they probably got yeah. more food and stuff. Yeah. There, that'd be my guess. It'd yeah. So hard to keep them there with just 40 acres. I mean, and right. half of it in crop being taken out. So that'd be kind of hard to hold them. You're changing their food environment. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, they love it in the beginning and then it holds does at that that time which is good and then that brings the bucks in i mean it's kind of a nice win-win then but eventually the does start trailing off you'll you'll see bucks on pictures on camera longer than you will the does yeah because the does will start leaving and then you can tell then the bucks are gone afterwards mm-hmm. so but that would be that would be my uh Good My goal. goal, I guess. But like I said, I mean, if I'm also not one of those dudes that says sub-zero or die, he is not, you know, I'm not going to pass up on another mature right. buck if he shows up. Uh, let's, let's say Johnny Cage has a, a good growth year. He's going to get it. <laughs> that's what I like most is seeing that growth. I mean, Johnny Cage, I'm not even hunting that deer. Like, I'm not going to hunt. I mean, you know, seeing what he's going to become. Um, you touched on it. We're not horn hunters per se. Now, if we want meat, a lot of us have the opportunity typically to take a doe for the meat and do some, some management because the doe outnumber the bucks typically on our property a lot more. Right. So we have some opportunities to, to harvest does. We choose to be fairly picky. Yeah. Um, and in my personal opinion, when you get picky, I realize if I'm going to hunt a specific buck, or a specific couple, or you know, I have a target list. Right. I'm either well prepared to go home empty-handed without horns, <clears throat> you know, or I, I realize the risk of that. I mean, there's some good deer that show up, but if it's not the one. Last year, I did. I hunted one specific one. I didn't kill one. Yeah. I ch- I made that choice consciously. Um, you know, if I wanted some meat, I'd harvest a doe. Luckily, two years before, I took two bucks. I. All of us had a really good 2017. Was that 2018? Was it 18? Okay. About a grand slam year on that one. But uh, yeah. And I consciously went after one buck that eluded me that year. year, He's, I don't even know how old he is anymore. But I mean, that's. It's a conscious decision. There is no right way to do it. I mean, yeah, we we got to the point now where we've, we've been hunting properties that we know now, you know, exception of Micah right now, but that's going to change in the next couple of years. You're going to get to know those places. And yeah, like, so last year I, I passed on Johnny cage multiple times and I, I didn't really regret it other than the time I was with chase. And I thought, man, it it, it tempted me because I was with my son and he would have got to experience that. But I don't really regret making those decisions last year. And that's okay. There's also other taught him something at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And he, he got to see a, like his first hunt he ever went on. He got to see a, 
a buck at 10 yards three different times. Yeah. So it's it's fine, but you know, if if you're one of those people that don't have that same opportunity to kind of try to quote unquote manage the herd that's at your land, who cares? Like right. I have nothing against people that are shooting two and a half year old bucks or or whatever else. It it the way I hunt means nothing about the way you hunt. Absolutely. You know, and that's I think that's what's good about our show is I'm not I'm not gonna harsh on your mellow, nope. <laughs> right? right? As the the guys say. I mean, that's that's the way you do stuff, and that's the way it you want to do it. That's perfectly fine. You want to hunt with a rifle, cool. You want to hunt with a crossbow, whatever. But it's you know I typically don't hunt with a crossbow. I like um, the compound setup. But there's some people that think compounds are cheating because they're shooting recurves. Yep. So to each their own. That's exactly what I say. And it does a lot not of factors. You know, we, come, we talk about you know deer you shoot, and again, we have you do you. Do you. You know, it's right. one of those things, a lot of factors. One, neighbors. Know your neighbors. Are they practicing quality deer management? Are they going to let that deer pass? Right. You know, maybe, maybe not. If not, what's your decision? And also time. I mean, we are fortunate enough that us three, we spend more time that's borderline healthy chasing whitetail. <laughs> for our for Not sake. everybody yeah. has that time, and we <laughs> understand that. A lot of people just get that opening weekend. Up, for sure. That's it. So, yeah, it's about the experiences. And I mean, I I can't remember. It was a show I listened to a long time ago where, you know, you were talking about the neighbors just a second ago. You know, what, what are your neighbors doing? And, um, someone said, you know, well, the neighbor's going to shoot them. So I should, well, that's not really the way you should approach it. In my opinion, like if, if you want to manage a herd then do what you do right there's nothing you can you know you can't do anything about the person next to you yeah but what i have found is it isn't a horrible idea to uh talk to those people i mean the property that i'm hunting the neighbor sent a video of sub-zero to us two years ago yeah to show us and they have pretty much the same ideas that we have as far as harvesting deer whereas they try to let them get bigger as well so that's really nice. And yeah. now I know that and w- I can kind of work with them um, when you're hunting. So and we share notes. I mean, yeah. share notes with your neighbors. I mean, it, th- that's what the outdoors is about is I think a lot of people get caught up in that. I won't say obsessive. <clears throat> I got to kill a bigger deer than the neighbor does before he, you will start working together and working. I mean, as a community, almost it turns into fun. You know, you're excited for that other person you know, as you guys are both doing the right things, be excited for each other. Yeah. What do you want to get out of your hunting career, your life, yep. right? Do you want to shoot a 190 inch deer one time out of 15 years you've been trying, or do you want to shoot 150 inch deer 15 straight years? I mean, I, I know a, a guy that is one of the best hunters I've ever seen. Jeff Wilper. I think you guys have met him. One of my best buddies, dude is a killer and he has, dozens of 150 inch deer on his wall yep i would rather do that every single year than get that one 190 and not kill anything for 15 straight years after that and to me it's it's not really a score it's does that deer get my heart pounding exactly. does it give me that feeling yeah that you rush know? yeah exactly i mean that's that's what it's about is did that deer do what i wanted to set out and do this year yep 
And if it's a couple does, cool. If it's yeah, it's nothing. It oh, is I, what it I is. I still get excited shooting does. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love it. I have fun. They and taste better. I packed a whole one out on my back the last year. No, it was two years ago. <laughs> that was fun. I remember those, those pictures. It's again <laughs> goes back to the experience. Does oh, it yeah. get your blood pumping? Is it what you're out there for? Everybody's their own. But remember that that little button buck that we shot together? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, th- my, I mean, we thought it was a doe, but it ended up being a little button buck. But yeah, no, I did. I shot that for my dad. Actually, he wanted some deer meat, and I was like, "Well, I'll, I'll go out solve there and solve that it. problem." I solved that problem. <laughs> he needed some deer meat, and I was like, "Okay, I will provide." Yeah. So, yeah. What about you, Andy? What do you got going on this year? Man, I got a couple of them that uh, get my blood pumping, as uh, we were talking about. But um, I'm I'm pretty fortunate. Uh, oh, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna make fun of you too. Go for you it. also name your deer correct yeah but my problem is always like forget the names forget <laughs> slash change the names based off their characteristics that year uh i got one last year i never did get an encounter uh, i had him on camera on the property the entire year but never i take that back i had one he came underneath my stand at dark i doze out in the field and i call him i call him crown royal and he has these huge split g2s he came out 10 yards underneath my stand after shooting light. Uh, I had dozed in the field, so I hadn't gotten down yet, and I hear something coming, <clears throat> and I'm he just walks right underneath my stand, and it was oh, it, it, it was awesome to see him that close, but so frustrating that 10, 20 minutes earlier. Yeah. Why couldn't oh, you have been here 10 minutes ago, dude? <laughs> a chip shot, you know, with the bow, but it, it is what it is. It was, it was a fun experience, but uh, – I love, main thing I love is is helping my whole family hunts. So um, not only the property I hunt, I like doing stuff on the properties they hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, my nieces and nephews, that's the most rewarding thing is helping them get on deer. Um, so we got a couple properties actually, a few that I don't really actively hunt that we, we try to manage for some deer. Um, we got a couple alpha alpha plots we put in there. Um cut some shooting lanes type stuff. I, I started a little bit behind what I normally do, um, but we'll get cameras out hard and heavy. Um, you know, here really about mid-June once planting season starts, uh, once we get out of the tractor, has some time there. But uh, planting season stops. Stay yeah, stops. Sorry. <laughs> Hope Stop. you're not just now starting. I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> a, little, a little tired from that, but no, once it stops, we'll start getting some stuff out. But uh, we'll get cameras out there. Um, we've been supplementing with some mineral for oh maybe a month now i mean their rat growth starts kind of what end of april beginning of may so we try to try to supplement that keep the does healthy when it's you know time for their lactation period keep the herd healthy in itself but yeah uh the property i specifically hunt i got a nice clover plot that's been going for about four years now so typically i have some rough patches in there i try to tear them up reseed them get them going and it's actually worked pretty well to kind of we farm so our plots are in pieces that basically of of ground that aren't farmable so we they're not the best dirt hard to get to so it's kind of harder to get plots you know food plots started but uh, that clover plot i'm really happy with Uh, again supplement with mineral and uh, i've already cut one brand new shooting lane last year i watched three shoot what I consider shooter bucks walk out of the same spot. The wind that I sit in 
runs that for me. They're not coming to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, I just went. I went in that general area, found a, the right tree, I think, and give me a wind setup. So now I can hunt. It's a little kind of horseshoe shape type deal. I can hunt either side now. Um, just got my stand in the in the mail the other day that I ordered. So <laughs> yeah, you got yeah, lucky yeah. there. FedEx. I they was took within, care of you on that one. They dropped off. I'm a camo fire addict. I'm guilty. <laughs> I've got a, a hawk uh, stand, you know, on the cheap through camo fire. Uh, supposed to, I knew it was supposed to come in that day, and I was kind of wondering. I met the FedEx truck going down the road. I have a driveway probably 500 yards long on a well-traveled, uh, chip-and-sealed road, several cars a day. Brand new deer stand in the box. You can tell what it is. It's not like an it's external said, box. It's, it's a hawk It box. says hawk <laughs> stand with the stand on it. Like you went to the store, picked it up, leaning against the mailbox. Like, <laughs> at I'm the not, end of the I driveway. Mean, and at look, the end of my driveway. And you live like in a rural, I mean. Yeah, there's you know, a well-traveled area. Yeah, Lafayette County, you know, pretty close to the deer hunters everywhere. And <laughs> you know I would have given it an hour tops and oh, it was gone. it. Yeah. guarantee it man. not that i don't trust my neighbors and people but it's not just my neighbors driving through that road yeah it stuck out like a sore thumb it's a yellow box well, if i would have drove by i would have took it from you see just somebody's going jack with me somebody, <laughs> it was going to be gone in an hour but no i got a new stand i'm excited the corn is i'm gonna have to do it here probably in the next three weeks before the corn gets too tall i can't get across that field or i'm just gonna have to wait until september yeah uh this is honestly august is awesome right because we're getting ready for the season we're getting ready for our elk hunt yep but this time of year is almost just as cool because it's like you can i don't know how to say it you can feel it coming oh yeah it's like for me it's like christmas that the there's something about the first sd card camera check or even the first and you whatever system you're using if you hook up a wireless system if you hook up an sd card that first camera check you start getting those it's like christmas like ooh. it's becoming for me like just as just as awesome as the actual hunting part oh yeah is checking cameras oh, you're, you're crazy about your pictures dude i mean i hate i'm just this is gonna sound weird i hate velvet pictures i hate getting velvet pictures. i hate you you know why because they're so <laughs> get dece- out of here they're <laughs> deceiving they're so deceiving they oh, are they make them look gigantic but i mean you got to put them out you got to figure it out and you can get a lot of information from it but every time you get out those velvet pictures dude dude that's like a 180 it's like a 180 deer that thing loses velvet is that's a 145 man every time right. oh, you yeah. know yeah they they always uh definitely shrink but um yeah i get a little crazy with my pictures i mean we got the computer out right now and i'll like put the name of the picture or the deer up at, yeah, on top he, so he i remember who hard. he is yeah. well see like what I do with my photos is I actually try to help myself on the hunting side too. So I'll I'll put the names of that deer up there and then I'll save those photos mm-hmm. for as long as I can. And even like on some younger deer, I'll put those out. They might not even be named, but I'll keep them. And I can go back and look at historical, you know, dates on stuff and go, okay, last September he was here on the 4th, 9th. 15th 17th october you know and go this year it's the same damn dates you know and try to see if you can pattern them a little bit um i haven't had enough quote-unquote data you know this year will be my third year at that property to be able to say okay are they doing anything the same every year or not 
Yeah. But do you guys have any any like uh, dates? Uh, what's the word I'm I'm thinking of? I got four kids. We don't go on dates anymore, dude. No. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like some people swear by Halloween, like you have to hunt on Halloween. I don't know. I just yeah, I look I mean, at the conditions for the most superstitious, part. superstitious dates is what I'm. Yeah, I'm all I've when it comes to bow hunting, I'm used. I either get it by October, or get it really late in the season, like after rifle season. When it comes to any, I mean, most of the deer that I've harvested, they've always come before October for the most part. Or so you're you're believing the October lull, so you better. I don't know if it's real or not. I I mean, I'm sure they're going through some type of change or something. I mean, obviously that's when a lot of the you know they're hitting the acorns and right. stuff like that. But I mean, I always still see deer, but. I mean, that's just usually when I've become lucky. Well, the big ones definitely like I don't hibernate's not the way they're they're resting up for that rut, in my opinion. They're they're laying low. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, but energy. then like I killed um, basket case the deer I was right telling you you know you all know about. I killed him October sixteenth. Yeah, in the middle of that time. I mean, it's just for I don't me. Think he was traveling too. Far. I mean, I, no, he know, was probably knows? he was probably very close. He wasn't too far. And oh, yeah, I luckily, I had some does good. come through, and I think he was yeah. kind of checking in on them, but. Um, for me, I, I just really look at the conditions more than I do like dates. I mean, a lot of people aren't hunting in the middle of October right. because they're waiting for stuff to kind of get crazy. Well, the, I just kind of say, okay, Hey, we have a cold front coming through. It's the right wind barometric pressure. I kind of look at that and see what it looks like and say, you know what? looks like a good night. I'm going to go. I mean, we're all the same. We have children, yep. full-time jobs other than this. And if the conditions are right, I'm going to give it a shot if I can go that night because I might not get to go the rest of the week. I'm a you huge know? believer in barometric pressure. And I'll be honest, I mean, uh, the Jury Outdoors app, they started doing yeah, that. Deercast. And that's what got me actually watching uh, barometric pressure. Before, I would I would look at changes in weather. Mm -hmm. But then I specifically started watching barometric pressure. And for me, the date is a Wednesday. Wednesdays with high barometric pressure. I'll be <laughs> in a superstitious dude. I don't superstitious my, dude. My brother-in-law Mike. Thursday before gun season, he will be. He, and it doesn't matter. He will sit all day in a stand. And I won't say three years in a row now. He has had an encounter with a shooter. Three days, three years in a row, he's ha had an encounter with it with a shooter on the Thursday before gun season. He'll sit all day long. Huh. <laughs> hey, hey. It, teach their own i mean that's what i think that's what's cool about what we're doing with this podcast and you know the outdoor the outdoor world in general we get to hear other people the way they do stuff i mean i'm not going to sit here and tell you i i know anything it's just the way i do stuff and listening to you two today listening to how other people do stuff is how we become better outdoorsmen right and, and i mean Half people listening probably know that we are full of shit by listening to everything we just said because we're not experts. We're not. We're not getting scientific about it. It's just what we like to do. Yeah, this is. I mean, you know, we're we're just like anybody else out there listening to us. We we try to educate ourselves. I I listen to a lot of podcasts. I do a lot of you know research myself, and. You know, a lot of field work, and we all do yeah, that. Yeah, we put a lot of time in. Just like anybody listening to this, and, you know, there's, there's, what's the saying? There's no no one way to skin a cat? 
I mean, it's yep. the same thing with deer hunting. It's the same thing with turkey hunting, fishing, all those things. Um, which is why I think this is going to be so much fun for us. Oh, is for sure. Learning things from people a whole lot smarter than we are. Yeah, I mean, we're we're not killing monsters every year. Yeah, we've definitely had some good yeah. good years where we've gotten some really good bucks and stuff like that. But we're not. I mean, we're yeah. like you said, we're not. Yeah, I don't have any booners on my wall. Right. As long I mean, as it's legal, as long as it was ethical, rock on, man. Yeah. I mean, it, seriously, it is a, it is about the experience. Yeah. Uh, my favorite ones are when I was you know younger and I didn't have a target deer. I didn't have cameras. Cameras, <laughs> right? It was deer season, so I went and sat in the woods. I shot a deer that went by me that had a big enough rack that I was satisfied with. I mean, I wasn't shooting a four-corn. Back then, it was legal to. But, I mean, okay, nope, that's not. And as soon as that one, my some of my favorite hunts, honestly, I fell asleep against the tree. <laughs> I, I was sitting on the ground, fell asleep against the tree, woke up, there was a deer. Yeah, and you said it earlier. I mean, it's it's what gets your... Blood pumping. Blood pumping. If if for me, it's what we I was talking about earlier, okay? If for someone else, it's the first buck they get to see because maybe they're in a spot that it, they don't see many bucks. Yep. You know? Cool. I mean, that's, I, that's what I love about this sport and, you know, outdoors in general is it means something different to everybody. Even the three of us probably have the same in general ideas when it comes right. to managing what we want to do. Mm-hmm. But Micah, you know, something means something different to Micah than it does me. And Andy has different ideas than than I do. I mean, well, yeah, naming your deer is stupid. No, it isn't. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> it makes a hundred percent sense. Okay, I'm gonna just gonna I'm gonna say, hey, Sub Zero was here today, and you're gonna be like, oh yeah, that deer. Instead of going, you know that one deer I'll be, with the uh, split G1s. You, you tell me and we, you share your trail cam pictures with me and you name them or whatever. I, I, I forget their name as soon as the conversation's <laughs> over and you got to re-explain it. No, this one's Johnny Cage. Blah, 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 I wish I could have forgot you the first time I met you, but instead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. Uh, my sister had to go and marry you. <laughs> yep. Nope, don't even say <laughs> it. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, if y'all don't like us having some fun, we're going to have some fun. I mean, we we said before this podcast started, what? If we don't have fun, we're not going to uh, do it. Uh, right. The whole purpose, and that's just outdoors in general. Get, I mean, it's, it's having fun. Yeah. Get out there. Spend as much time as you can. Take somebody else with you. and Educate have, yourselves. Yeah, educate yourselves, and, I mean, just have a good time. Go and do it. Do it right. Yeah, and have yeah. fun. And, you know. After at the end of this podcast, once we once it releases, respond to the to the social media post and tell us what your guys' hopes and dreams are for this season. What's the best name for your deer? I dude, I Ooh. will I will take that advice from people because I Let's suck it. There's only this. so many Mortal Kombat characters that I'm gonna name. Okay. Out. First deer that you that shows up on your camera. First buck. That's listener not, gets a name. That's not already named. Yeah, it's not already named. I'm not changing his name. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's fair enough. First deer that shows up on your camera that does not have a name already. I'll do it. Okay. You'll do it. I'll do so it. All right. 
Okay, and I'll do it, I guess. I'm going to be running cameras this yeah. year. Huh. you got the new farm, no You're history. You're stupid, Micah. Oh, I know. And see, and that's another thing about having this new farm. I'm really excited because there's no pressure. Like, I don't know what's there. I have no idea. So if a 130 pops out and I get excited about it, who knows? I might shoot it. I don't know. Who cares? I mean, if I get excited, I'm going to shoot it. So yeah. we'll just see. Yeah, and more power to you. Yeah. That's that's hunting. That's what's cool about it. So we'll have a social media post. It's probably going to be, what, here here in a, a month or so. Well, by the time this, uh, we're recording this a little bit in advance. So yeah. It'll, it'll be a little bit. But uh, when you see Micah's deer, pop uh, your favorite name or best name you got out there. Yeah. See what we got. And when we release this episode, tell us, you know, reply and tell us what your hopes and dreams are for the year. You know, we want to know from our listeners, what do you guys wanting to accomplish this what's year your plans yeah. you know, what's your plans what do you i mean remember we're in west central missouri so where we're at is going to be different from southeast missouri southwest missouri northeast northwest even just mid central north mm-hmm. so i it mean it might be get a kid their first deer take somebody else hunting yeah uh, you know share the woods with your your dad your grandpa what's your what's your goals what do you what do you want to accomplish yeah and we plan to Actually, one of our listeners gave us this idea, and it's a really smart idea, is talking to different people in different regions of our state about, you know, how the hunting is, where they're at, compared to what we're doing here. Um, what do they see? You yeah, know, what I'd are, really like to talk to some guys down south. Yeah, no doubt. I mean... It's a... I'd love to hunt a deer down there someday, because it's, it's just different than what we... So, listeners, if you're from down south, let's see, let's put a... What, what kind feeler. of... Feeler. Yeah, we'll put a feeler out there. If you're from down south and you have success, give us get in contact with us. Yeah, what do, you, what do you do? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of our 30,000 foot view of what our 2020 season is kind of what our hopes and dreams are. I thought it'd be a good, we thought it'd be a good episode to start off with and talk about. You're our BS from our situation. White tail baby. We'll try to get some more, you know, specific as we get a little closer to season. But, yeah. uh, but I mean, that's we what we're doing. Wait any longer to get <laughs> talking about whitetail? <laughs> we're, we're doing the same thing that we always do anyway. We're talking about what we do. So, I mean, it's going to be hard not to do some of this stuff. It's it's fun for us, and you know, I love listening to my buddies talk about this sort of stuff. So, um, you know, I hope everybody enjoys this and. Um, whitetail is is fun for us to talk about and definitely a passion of ours absolutely um you guys got anything else i'm good man make sure you click subscribe yep 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 hit that subscribe button please it help it help us out a lot maybe throw in a five star (laughs) maybe throw in that five star (laughs) review even if you think it's two star do the five star yeah (laughs) it doesn't mean anything it really does (laughs) but you know yeah go hit that subscribe wherever you um, get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Okay. I found a, a Castbox or something like that huh. app the Stitcher? other day. Isn't Stitcher Stitchers out there? Bean. Yeah, all of them. So go subscribe wherever you listen. Um, Check out a, the rest of the podcasts on Sportsman's Nation's network too. Check those Some good out. ones out there. Yep. Um, we you'll probably hear that before, but we just got to record an episode with Backcountry Rookies. Um, and awesome, dude. Chad Chad is awesome. So. Um, Go listen to that one. Go listen to all his other stuff. And yep. Give us a follow on the there. Instagram and, you know, Facebook pages. That'll help us continue to to get to do this. Um, and we really uh, appreciate everybody listening. 
See you guys later. Catch you on the next one. All right. See you.